Now entering Nerdist.com. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Competitive Erotic Fanfiction Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Cook, and you've found the Internet's number one most trusted source for Muppet boners and horny loners. Today you're going to hear round one from a show recorded November 20th, 2012 at the Nerd Melt Theater, featuring Danielle Kramer, Darian Clark, Jim Hamilton, and Chris Garcia, reading pieces they wrote in advance based upon subjects of their choosing. And hey, if you like what you hear, why not take a second and rate and review the podcast on iTunes? It's a big help. Enjoy the show. And in the meantime, let's start with veteran Chris Garcia. Yeah. Get on up there, pal. Okay. Didn't bring your stuff up. Yeah, uh, Chris has done the show before, guys. Just want to, just want to point. Literally anyone else in this round, I would have excused that behavior. But Chris, I will rag on mercilessly. He did it in San Francisco. What'd you have to write in San Francisco, Chris? Uh, thanks, everybody. This uh, this song is called "The uh, Ballad of Real Young Neil Young." And it's a story of a summer job that Neil had with his dad when he was a teenager in Canada. Old man by the river Horse calm in his eyes <laughs> That's not a policeman It's my father in disguise <laughs> Kiss each other's thighs <laughs> And then we fuck a bunch of critters For money on the side I played a fireman He dressed like Toucan Sam <laughs> We raped a donkey in the pouring rain. I dressed like Borat. He dressed like Borat. We drank a diaper filled with lemonade. Or so they claimed. We drank a diaper filled with lemonade. 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 But we got paid. I dressed like Tupac, 
dad dressed like Dr. Spock. One time a zebra almost bit off my dick. (laughs) I've been in my dad. He's been in his dad. I'd cross... I'd cross the ocean for a spider dick. For a spider dick. (laughs) Hey, Dad! (laughs) Dad, you're not very good at harmonica. I'm getting old. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody. Chris Garcia. Let's keep it going for Darian Clark, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she felt like she'd been running forever. Her breath quickened, left, right, left, behind. She looked frantically into the lush forest she called home, a home she'd probably never see again. On some level, she always knew this day would come, but maybe it had been wishful thinking and a notion towards old age that always stopped that thought from blooming. Or maybe it was because her her brain was the size of an orange and thinking about anything beyond nouns was really fucking hard. Regardless, she now knew as she peered through a thick slit of ferns that this was her final moment. In, out, in. Just breathe, Gloria. Just breathe. I know you're out there, she yelled. Somewhere, miles away, another diplodocus moaned. (laughs) Followed by another, and although math was even harder than nouns, and it made her feel really fucking weird. She could calculate that they were probably too far away to help if they even cared. Show yourself! She started to moan. I'm ready! Suddenly a rustle. Behind her? Two. No, it was to the left, right. Oh, dinosaur god, she was surrounded. Oh, stupid, stupid Gloria. She had walked right into the trap. If only that nice man in the white suit were still here. She dreamed of him every night. Hammond, that had been his name. She knew him for so little a time, yet she remembered all of it. The way his pudgy little hands smelled of pastries and petroleum jelly as he held her, stroking and tickling her belly, whispering always, my darling, my sweet angel darling. Images of his pristine beard danced through her mind. His Panama hat cocked ever so slightly off kilter, just trying to hide the twinkle from those eyes, but good luck. Oh, to be in his smooth and hairless arms again. To feel the warmth of the heating lamp and the smell of hard candy on his... Gloria startled at the sudden presence of the raptor. She watched breathlessly as a slender foreclaw slowly pulled back a low-hanging pine branch, wincing as the streamlined jaw came into frame. She squinted. Was that raptor smiling? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey 
There, she heard from behind her. She dared not look. Oh, a little shy, huh? Well, please allow me to start. My sister and I have been watching you for some time now. Yes, we saw you over by the abandoned welcome center. Oh, when was it, sister? It was Thursday. I'm actually not sure, said Gloria. My memories usually don't last for more than like 15 hours. I'm not sure when I was there last, but it wasn't recently. I think it was Tuesday. No, sister, Tuesday was wrong. It was Thursday, and then we found that old, sick, and dying triceratops. You know, funny story, said Gloria. A group of consignuses told me that those aren't real. <laughs> oh, Jesus, don't even get me started on the consignuses. They are the worst. All they ever do is gossip. I mean, I get that you're a pack hunter and all, but really, you don't see me and my sisters trampsing around the island, lying to everyone and stealing eggs. It felt so wrong, but maybe, just maybe it could be right. Gloria was starting to like these raptors. But a brachiosaurus and a raptor? Who'd ever heard of such a thing? Her hormones were driving her mad. That must be it. But if the last 15 hours had taught her anything, it was... It was, yes, believe in magic. But God, what did she know? After all, she was only young and exceptionally beautiful adolescent with a strong jawline and a gently sloping nasal cavity growth on top of her skull. What did the world want of her? I think you know what we want, said the raptor behind her. Oh, shit, did I say that out loud? You didn't have to. But for the record, yes, you did. Gloria felt a new feeling. Blinding fear had been replaced by something stronger that she couldn't put her talent on. She longed to be touched, yearned for contact, even if it were her last. The wind shifted, wafting unfamiliar smells her way, and then she felt it. She gasped, in the naughty l- she gasped as the little foreclaw drew a seductive figure eight onto her haunches, circling closer and closer to her tight little pig's eye butthole. <laughs> It was then that she noticed the raptor sister in front of her emerge from the ferns. Gloria had encountered a raptor only once as far as she could remember, but had never taken the time to truly behold their powerful yet graceful frame or their piercing green eyes. The raptor in front of her turned away, gently arching her back and lifting her tail to the sky. It was in that moment that sweet, naive Gloria saw her first dino vag. You know, for an icy-hearted killer and a cold-blooded animal, that thing sure looked warm and inviting. (laughs) Gloria tried to fight the voice in her head that said, put your mouth on it. (laughs) Please, said the raptor, and for once Gloria didn't mind that she lacked the brain space for internal dialogue. With her strong, thick neck, of which had always brought her compliments, she reached the six feet in front of her. There, eye to slit, she hovered, scared, excited, pulse quickening. Did she dare to go interspecies? On her first time? YOLO, said the raptor behind her. And inserted that wicked little foreclaw into her butthole. 
With not a second thought, Gloria lost her senses and immediately licked the raptor's moist egg shooter in front of her. (laughs) It tasted salty yet creamy and sweet, like when John Hammond had been eating Werther's Originals. If only he were here to see his sweet little angel darling now. She felt alive and felt like she should dig as far as she dare into that vagina in front of her. She finally knew why God had given her a thick, foot-long tongue. (laughs) This time it it did more good than harm. She felt a tensing of the claw behind her, followed by a shrill scream. (laughs) She dared not look behind her. (laughs) No, something had happened. Something was wrong. She gently told the raptor in front of her to keep manually stimulating herself until her return. Why? Because she was goddamn decent. That's why. (laughs) Gloria looked behind her to see something that she had never seen before. Panic had taken over the raptor behind her. Scared, Gloria watched as the raptor grabbed her crotch, screaming, What's happening to me? What is it, Gloria? Gloria turned her comely four-ton figure around making sure to smoothly insert her tail into the raptor she had been filleting up until now. The raptor met her insertion with a short squeal of delight. Something is happening, Gloria. I'm so scared. Gloria was scared too, but she tried not to show it. Let me see it. The trembling raptor pulled her hands away to show a half-formed appendage or digit or something coming out of where her vagina should have been. It frightened her, but it made her feel something else too. Something between her own legs. She heard a screeching scream from behind her and realized her tail was moving faster and faster in and out of that other raptor. (laughs) I've heard of this happening to some of the other dinosaurs on the island. We were all bred to be females so we wouldn't breed outside the lab, but we needed cock too bad. (laughs) Because life, uh, uh, she struggled, finds a way. Gloria looked tenderly upon her lover. Upon her lover, She didn't care. She put her mouth on the new addition. It tasted different. Kind of like sourdough bread that had drowned in the ocean. <laughs> like John Hammond when they served fish hoagies at the cafeteria. But he wasn't here anymore, was he? He had left her a year ago today. She sucked harder to make the pain go away. The newly male raptor purred with delight and said, That feels so Good, baby. Shut the fuck up and fuck me from behind like the animal you are, she yelled. (laughs) The raptor jumped up onto her back and immediately inserted himself into her throbbing, cretaceous crevice. (laughs) Her eyes rolled back in her head and a moan escaped her mouth that she had never heard before. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. And somewhere in the distance, that fucking T-Rex started walking again, but the shaking ground was no match for her convulsing, screaming in her vagina. She looked around to see that new dinosaurs had shown up, drawn by the sounds and smells of passion in the air. There was that prudish, there was that prudish stegosaurus rubbing her butthole against a tree. <laughs> Gloria moaned and gasped for air with no hope as she saw that other perverted spitter, mouth open, colorful face cartilage shaking with her hands feverishly rubbing her vagina. Only hours ago, that same spitter had been yelling sexual sexual perversions at her to a very unflattered Gloria. And look at them now. She was watching as she spit from both ends and Gloria, God help her, didn't turn away. Life was funny sometimes. (laughs) 
Her vision lightened and sparks started to fly in front of her eyes as Gloria and the two raptors all thunderously came at once. But Gloria felt something different, something she hadn't expected. In her ecstasy, she hadn't noticed the third raptor come out of the woods. Of course, they always travel in threes. (laughs) I'm so sorry, said the raptor who up until quite recently had been calling her mama and riding her tail like a goddamned rodeo clown. Shh, she said with a slight smile. It's my time. It always was. The blood felt warm as it trickled down her throat. She looked into the horizon... (laughs) She looked into the horizon to see, too little, too late, a group of brachiosauruses had come to help. We do travel in herds, she said. as a tear rolled down her perfect face. Blood was everywhere and her scales were losing color, but not the light in her eyes. As the raptors started to tear into her curvaceous belly and eat her insides, she saw two figures appear from the woods. They weren't colorful like most dinosaurs she knew. They looked more like a mismatched salt and pepper shaker holding hands. Jeff Goldblum approached her first. his scant chest hair glowing as if from a dream. He gently held his enormous circumcised cock in her face and without breaking eye contact gave a small sigh of relief and a squirt of something warm that ran down her shapely head. It tickled. He gently touched her face and traced the line of his splooge down her scales with his finger and said, uh, you, you, you see, he said, smiling. Uh, tiny uh, 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 imperfections in the skin create a completely different pattern, thus uh, uh, proving, well, it's chaos theory, isn't it? I bet you weren't expecting this. Gloria had literally no idea what he was talking about. But she liked the sound of his voice all the same, and his transitions lenses made him look like a man from Florida that was trying to sell her something. Maybe his heart? (laughs) With what were surely to be her last moment, she saw a figure emerge from the heavy-set mist that quickened her pulse, making the blood pump quicker from from her throat. Surely not. It had been a dream. He'd left a year ago, never to return. My sweet darling angel, he whispered in her ear. Excuse me. He whispered into her ear hole as she started to cry. You were always my favorite. I've watched you from afar for your entire life. You know that, right? She laughed for some reason, probably because she'd known it to be true. Shh, 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 I know, I know, he said, his eyes twinkling like diamonds. Gloria, it was my honor to, pre- to be present in your life. Now, shh, let the warmth wash over you like a heated natural spring. I'm here until the end. He quietly started to hum. Hmm, hmm, and as her sight faded to black he kept his promise stroking her head and coming up with little pet names for her like peaches and even so he continued as the raptors got bored with her intestines and moved on to his because they had bet that his inside tasted exactly like chocolate fudge and they were right and with his dying breath he laughed Welcome to Jurassic Park. (laughs) Jerry Clark, ladies and gentlemen. And warm welcome to Danielle Kramer. 
Uh, I'm going to read, It's the Great Orgy, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Happy holidays. Oh boy, oh boy. My very first orgy. I'm so nervous. I have my mask and my cloak. No one knows that it's me. I'm sure to lose my V-card tonight. Charlie Brown rings the doorbell and stands nervously. He retucks his throbbing pecker into the top of his shorts. He's been painfully hard all day, just thinking about all the fucking he's sure to do tonight. He can't wait to give his generous load to some lucky girl. Or a whole group of girls. Or a group of girls with guys around, if the feeling is right. I wonder if there will be double penetration at this party, Charlie Brown thinks to himself as he fidgets with his nuts. The door opens a crack and a wave of hot sex heat hits Charlie Brown in the face. A smell of strawberry lube and leather fills his virgin nostrils. A white mask with a long beak and cold steel eyes opens the door. Well, what do you want? Barked the girl behind the mask. Um, I'm here for the orgy. Okay, what's the password? Oh, uh, Fidelio. All right, come on in. Charlie Brown could recognize that shrieking banshee's voice from a mile away. It was his old nemesis, Lucy. Charlie Brown smiled behind his mask, plotting to fuck the bitch out of this old cunt's cunt later tonight. (laughs) So take your clothes off, get comfy. The party's right down the hall. Charlie Brown eagerly starts ripping off his clothes, careful to leave his mask and cloak in place. His fleshy, throbbing compass points straight ahead to the fun zone. Charlie follows his swaying wiener stick down the hall into the living room, where he is immediately taken aback by a marvelous scene of pumping and sucking, moaning and grinding, bodies of all kinds rubbing parts and exchanging sex fluids in one glorious, naked, groaning mass is more than he had ever dreamed of and most of what he had ever Googled. (laughs) Over here are the drinks and snacks, Lucy explained. And as you can see, right over here is all the fucking. (laughs) Anything you can think of, we've got it. If we don't got it, there's a suggestion box on the table by the empanadas. (laughs) Okay, thank you, said Charlie Brown. Well, what are you waiting for? Go get your dick wet, you blockhead, screeched Lucy. Man, she's a straight cold bitch to everyone, I guess, thought Charlie Brown. Charlie moved about the room looking for an inn. His dick was so hard, the hardest it's ever been, and now it was time to spray his hot J all over everyone. (laughs) He approached two foxy babes, looking lonely for a dose of Charlie Brown's baby batter. One of the girls had brown hair, covered in freckles, still wearing a pair of Birkenstock sandals. (laughs) She had her mask tilted back slightly so she could bury her face into the soft, woolly muff of a bespectacled young lady with her head hanging off the leather-chased lounge, moaning in ecstasy as the freckly one lapped at her undercarriage. (laughs) Well, here goes nothing. Charlie Brown approached the moaning one and cupped both of her breasts, squeezing them gently. Oh boy, oh boy, two soft boobies right here in my hands. (laughs) Charlie buried his face into her chest and mashed the tits into his cheeks and mouth. The girl pushes Charlie Brown's head away. Sorry, real guys just aren't my thing, explained the hot little lesbian with the tout tight twat. (laughs) But Patty will be happy to run a train on you when she's done with me. (laughs) 
Patty takes a breather and rises up to see reveal a flopping bonery boner where this lady's love muffin should be. <laughs> a small fortune later, and I'm the best of both worlds now, she said proudly. And you're not supposed to say my name, you bad little bitch. Patty plunges her now hard skin sword into whom Charlie assumes to be his old friend Marcy. Come in my brain, come in my brain, Marcy screams in delight, pulling Patty's transformed member deep into her baby basket. It can make come too, Charlie asks, but they were too busy to answer. They vigorously pound each other off the furniture, and as they forget Charlie Brown was even there, he moves on to his next attempt to dip his tip into some soft pink muffin. Charlie moves to the couch where two butt cheeks bob back and forth, guiding a slick black bone daddy in and out of three stacked girls, in one vagina and out the other. One, two, three, three, two, one, pump, pump, pumping into their juicy open holes. It's probably Franklin, the only black person I know. (laughs) He's always been nice to me. He wouldn't mind sharing, thought Charlie Brown. But Charlie caught a glimpse of what Franklin was working with. A long, hard sheath with a slight hook on the end that stretched and compromised the quivery walls of each vagina it penetrated. Charlie looked down at his belly button of a dick. (laughs) Oh, brother. She won't even know I'm in there. Maybe I just need a drink to loosen me up, Charlie Brown thought, making his way over to the drink table. Schroeder, the piano player, makes his way over to Charlie Brown. He looks worried. Hey, Schroeder, thanks again for inviting me. Sorry I haven't exactly made the best of it. I'm having a little liquid courage right now. Hey, I think they know it's you. You could be in trouble for me inviting you here. Did you say the right password? Yes, Fidelio. I don't know. I'm worried. I think you should go. They're on to us. This party is invite only. Nonsense, says Charlie Brown. I'm sick of not being invited. I'll show them I belong. I'll show them. My name is Chuck, and I'm here to fuck. (laughs) Charlie throws back a slug of party punch and crushes the plastic cup, dripping bright red juice on the sides of his mouth and onto the white carpet. Schroeder sighs and takes a stack of napkins to soak up the punch before it stains. Charlie bravely marches back into the heaving pile of sex with a new sense of purpose. I'll show them. I'll fuck anything that moves, he cried. He runs to the kitchen. All right, who's next? Daddy needs to fuck. A filthy, filthy boy in a cloud of dirt (laughs) offers Charlie a loofah. Wash my dick, he asks. Nope, says Charlie. Pardon me, boys. Charlie, and who is either a homeless man or pigpen, move aside for Linus. Blue blanket in tow, who opens the refrigerator and pours himself an ice-cold glass of orange juice. What kind of sex stuff are you going to do with orange juice? asks Charlie. Oh, no sex stuff. I live here with Lucy, saving myself for marriage. But to each their own. Carry on, ye sword swallowers, ye cum guzzlers, ye merry old humpers. <laughs> Linus takes four long gulps of his orange juice, wipes his wet mustache with his blanket, and heads back to his bedroom. Charlie tries to maintain his punch-fueled momentum and moves quickly into the bedroom with, to find an eager fucky. He pushes open the bedroom door to find a small bl- white dog with black ears who leans forward with his loins in the air, a plastic tube stuck in his ass like a thermometer and mom's Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> what the fuck, asked Charlie. A young blonde bombshell holds a small yellow bird over the opening of the tube. Bombs away, she cries. Woodstock. <laughs> Woodstock. 
cried Charlie Brown. But it was too late. The little bird fell straight into the gaping asshole of none other than Charlie's own dog, Snoopy. Snoopy howls and drags his ass on the rug and makes his way over to the blonde babe, whose per- perky tits jiggle ever so slightly as the horny dog works over her leg until either he came or the bird died, whichever happened first. <laughs> oh, don't worry, said the girl. That wasn't Woodstock. We stopped naming the birds, she chirped. <laughs> Her hair smelled like candy, and her lips were as red as cherries. Something about her seemed so familiar as she moved in closer, her light brown pubic hair brushing against Charlie's leg. As she leans in to whisper in his ear, Charlie's boner found home in the space between her legs, the top of his shaft lightly grazing her perfectly glistening labia. Her lips grazed his ear, and she softly whispered, Charlie, it's me, your sister Sally. (laughs) Sally? My sister? Oh, no. Charlie backs up against the wall and runs into the kitchen. Sally runs after him. He grabs a box of Twinkies off the refrigerator to cover up his blood-related man parts. Listen, Charlie, I'm not sure if it's a good idea for you to be here. I think people know that it's you. This party is special invite only, you know. It's okay, I'm leaving. The blood works hard and fast inside Charlie's penis, pumping, pumping, his ball's about to explode, and he pounds his head with his fist, trying to get the feel of his sister's sweet, soft lips against his brotherly package out of his head. (laughs) Just then, Lucy grabs him by the arm. There you are. I've been looking all over for you. You have? Yeah, any luck yet? No, not exactly. Well, it's your lucky day. You get a chance to fuck the madam of the whorehouse. You mean it? Oh, yes, of course. I'll lay here, ready. (laughs) And you come running and fuck me, promises Lucy. Now you're going to lay right there, and I'm going to come running and fuck you, and you promise not to pull away or anything? Charlie Brown has been duped before. (laughs) Yes, yes, I promise. You can trust me. See, here's a signed document that gives you access to my pussy hole, testifying that I promise not to pull it away, explained Lucy. It is signed. It's a signed document. I guess if you have a signed document granting sex, you can't go wrong. This is it. I'm really going to pound that puss. All those years of her moving that damn football and embarrassing me in front of all my friends, and I'm going to fuck her so good and so hard, and she's going to ask me for my name, and I'll take off my mask, and I'll say, that's Charlie Brown's dick that feels so good, you dirty, hateful bitch. And then I'm going to take my dick out, and we're going to come all over her bitchy little mouth, and I'm going to fill it. I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to fill it. (laughs) Well, what are you waiting for? Charlie Brown takes a deep breath. The whole room looks on as Lucy stands on all fours with her dripping nasty meat curtains hanging between her legs. What am I waiting for? Charlie Brown asks himself. The room waits. All is still. You can do it, Charlie. You can come in that dirty wide hole, cheers Linus. Linus swings to Charlie Brown, raises his glass of OJ, then snaps his blue blanket playfully at the big bare bottom of his older sister. I can come in that dirty wide hole, says Charlie. Charlie takes another deep breath sets his sights on the pink gooey center, and comes running dick-first towards Lucy's cum bucket. 
Just then, Lucy tries to move her old meat flaps over to the side, but Charlie Brown is ready for it. He grabs two hands full of Lucy's yams and plunges his dick all the way inside, deep into her solar plexus. (laughs) Jesus, you blockhead, I didn't know you had it in you. The crowd starts to cheer as Charlie pumps Lucy's cunt harder and harder until her mask falls off. She screams, harder, you blockhead, as she pulls on her own tiny tits. (laughs) Charlie increases speed, fucking faster and harder, harder and faster until, oh, 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 brother, (laughs) Sally. (laughs) He dumps his whole load into Lucy's pink parts. Gives one last grunt, then slumps his body onto hers, exhausted. The room is quiet. He wipes his brow sweat with the back of his hand. Did you just yell out your sister's name? (laughs) Asked Lucy. What? Did you just yell Sally when you came? What? No. Charlie, you clearly just yelled Sally. (laughs) Charlie, who's Charlie? I'm wearing my mask. I know the password like everyone else. Charlie, there is no password, and you showed up in that dumb yellow shirt you always wear. We all know it's you. Oh, Jesus. This is the worst. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I guess I'll be going now. Well, that's what you get for crashing the party, Charlie Brown. Schroeder plays sad music on the piano as Charlie Brown walks with his head down towards the hallway to gather his clothes, the rest of the room slowly resuming their fucking. Wait! Charlie turns to see Sally running his way. Sally, I'm really, really sorry about that. I don't know why. What happened? Charlie, it's okay. It is? Well, no, but listen. I can't fuck you. But you can help me wash this guy's dick if you want. Okay, Sally. That would be nice. Thanks. Sally and Charlie hold hands and walk back to the washing station in the kitchen. You sure did fuck the cunt off that old cunt, giggles Sally. I sure did, Sally. I sure did. Danielle Kramer. And you're going for our final competitor, Mr. Jim Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen. Looking professorial. This here's a little story about Jack and Diane. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jack had just won the big football game, but he had something on his mind other than football. For a sophomore in high school, he was tall and had broad shoulders. His blonde crew cut was the style of the time, and he was well-liked by his classmates. Diane, for her part, was beautiful and underwritten. Jack was sitting in his car with Diane in a place the kids of Seymour, Indiana, called Inspiration Point. The adults of Seymour called it the Piggly Wiggly Parking Lot. (laughs) Normally after a football game, Jack would spend most of their time at Inspiration Point recounting in great detail his most recent gridiron exploits. Tonight was different, though, because tonight, Jack knew he was going to lose his virginity. He had taken a long, cold shower after the game to soothe his raging hormones... It hadn't worked. His cock was an antsy student watching the clock on the last day of school. His pants were the school, and Diane's vagina was the summer. Lit only by the moon and the glowing pig logo on the side of the store, 
Jack nervously fidgeted while Diane made small talk. Jack suddenly leaned over to kiss her. He'd kissed her many times before, but he knew what this kiss was leading to. He launched his tongue deep inside her mouth and squeezed her breasts. After 30 seconds of deep tongue dives and full hand boob smashes, (laughs) it was time to make his next move. He whispered too loudly in her ear, You want to go to the back seat? Sure, said the one-dimensional sex thing. (laughs) Diane reached for her door, but Jack stopped her. Wait, I'll get it. He then got out of the driver's seat, ran around to the passenger side to let her in, opened the back door to let her back in, then ran back around to the opposite side to let himself in. He thought he was quite romantic. <laughs> Jack continued to paw at her chest and lick at her tonsils. He pulled back and said, I can't believe we're about to lose our virginity. Ha ha! She thought he was joking. <laughs> All right, our virginity. <laughs> Jack reached up the back of her sweater and found the clasp of her bra. He tugged and yanked at it, but he couldn't get the clasp to separate before declaring, I think it's broken. (laughs) Just then he noticed the light in the car had changed. Jack looked out the window to find that something had eclipsed the fluorescent glow of the pig. As Jack's eyes adjusted to the new light, he saw a massive head sitting atop the upturned collar of a tiny jean jacket. The troll-like creature had an acoustic guitar hanging over the back of his (laughs) shoulder. Jack rolled down the window slightly and asked, Can I help you? The little man with the giant head said, I'd like to help you with that. Jack inquired, with what? The lollipop of a man replied, I've come to save your life, son. And with that, the strange little man with feminine hair let himself in the backseat of Jack's car. The stranger introduced himself. Hi, my name is John, but my friends call me the Cougar. Jack said, I'm Jack, and this is Diane. The cougar said, I know. I saw you two sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. Jack confirmed that he did, in fact, love chili dogs. The cougar continued. Now, now let me show you how to undo a bra. Just put your thumb and middle finger on opposite sides of the clasp, about this far apart. Push them together, and then snap your fingers. Jack made a few clumsy attempts under Diane's sweater before again proclaiming that the bra was in fact broken. (laughs) Diane just just sat there, for she was quite poorly written. (laughs) The cougar said, Here, let me show you, Jackie. You'll be able to see better from the front seat. He then hastily elbowed Jack up to the front seat, and deposited his guitar up there as well. The cougar then put his hand up the back of Diane's sweater, snapped his fingers to undo her brassiere. He snapped three more times in rhythm, as if counting off a song. Each snap removed another piece of clothing. (laughs) Snap, her bra was undone. Snap, her sweater was off. Snap, her pants went missing. Snap, her panties were on the floor. Then he said, let's make some music. Hey, that's my girlfriend, Jack interrupted. (laughs) Diane, aroused by the cougar's finesse, said, Oh, just let him show you, Jack. (laughs) 
Now watch this, the cougar said, as he delicately kissed her lips. The cougar moved his stubby little hands up up her sides before settling on her stereotypically perfect breasts. (laughs) Diane could feel that the fingertips on his left hand were noticeably more callous than his right. Uh, We'll never know whether she realized the calluses were from playing guitar, for she was an underdeveloped caricature. You're going to want to pay special attention to this, Jackie, bellowed his bloated face. If the female body is Indiana, the cougar moved his kisses from Fort Wayne of her mouth <laughs> down to her Indianapolis breasts with a brief stop in Kokomo. Jack, Jack sat in the front seat counting to himself. One, two, three, four, five, six... Oh, that's why they call it a six-string. <laughs> now watch this, Jackie. Jack didn't like being called Jackie. And he didn't know the meaning of the word emasculate. The cougar instructed, What you want to do is imagine the nipples of cherries on top of a sundae from Tasty Freeze. You want to pluck that cherry off with your mouth, but you also want to get a little bit of ice cream in there. Jack was bored and pissed off, and he left the car. The cougar moved his kisses further south to Bloomington. His enormous head forced Diane's legs far apart. Her plump vulva pushed forward. It looked like a tasty double cheeseburger, but it smelled like a CT fish sandwich. Now check this out, Jackie, said the cougar. The word splashing off her already wet pussy... Like when you add ice after you already poured Coke into your cup at the tasty trees. <laughs> the feathered hair on the cougar's massive head tickled the inside of Diane's thighs and sent a shiver up her spine that settled at the base of her skull like a butterfinger freezy that you've eaten too quickly. The cougar plunged his head into Diane's basket of fries like one would lick the overflow of a tasty freeze root beer float. Didn't take long before the doorbell of her little pink house (laughs) presented itself to his tongue. Ding dong, is anybody home? Yes, yes, oh God, yes, was her emphatic reply. (laughs) The cougar removed his ultra-tight jeans to reveal a manhood that measured 12 inches, just like a foot-long Tasty Dog from Tasty Freeze. (laughs) But it had a slight curvature, like the banana in a Tasty Freeze banana split. He entered her slowly with a circular in-and-out motion, like how they make the snow soft serves. (laughs) (laughs) Just when her womanly anticipation was pulled taut and vibrating like the strings of a perfectly tuned guitar, he thrust his... C-O-C-K in her P-U-S-S-Y C-O-C-K in her P-U-S-S-Y He pumped her with the urgency one would pump a near-empty ketchup dispenser at Tasty Freeze 
With each thrust, he threw his hands above his gargantuan skull and clapped. (laughs) Diane felt compelled to clap her hands as well. And soon the two were clapping in unison. And they could hear the rhythmic clapping coming from all the other cars at Inspiration Point. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jack stood in the parking lot throwing a football to himself. Just when Diane thought she had reached ultimate female bliss, the cougar's tiny but sculpted arms flipped Diane around and sideways. He re-entered her from the back, pulling her hair with his left hand and playing a solo on her clitoris with his right. Her shriek of ecstasy was a high-pitched and sustained, like a Fender Stratocaster leaned against a Marshall stack. His His ejaculate launched from his man cannon like a tasty freeze malt that had been left in the car being thrown into the trash. The cougar put on his too tight t-shirt and little jean jacket when Diane asked, Can I see you again? The cougar replied, Hold on to 16 as long as you can. Got some changes coming around real soon make us women and men. And with that, he slung the guitar over his shoulder and walked out behind the glowing pig, disappearing forever. Diane's hands were still trembling when she put her clothes back on. Her knees almost gave out when she stepped out of the car. And she felt dizzy when she yelled out, Jackie, babe, I have some wonderful things to show you. In the coming months, Diane taught Jack all that she had comprehended from that night with the cougar. The spins and pulls and tongues would all become tools in Jack's sexual repertoire. In time... Jack became quite the capable lover himself. And though Diane was very much in love with Jack and knew they would soon be married, she would occasionally catch herself imagining Jack's left hand was calloused or fantasize that his head was too large for his body. (laughs) It was nine months to the day after Jack lost his virginity when the young couple welcomed their first child into the world. They decided to name him John Cougar after the man who taught them to love each other. As Diane lay on her back, screaming in the delivery room, the obstetrician yelled, Prepare for C-section! This child's head is too large! (laughs) It was at this moment that Diane realized they hadn't named the boy after some stranger in the night. They had named him after his father. The end. Jim Hamilton, stay close, Jim. We're going to judge. Let's get everybody from round one back up here for some judgments. Darian, Jim, Chris, Danielle. There's Danielle. Guys, come right up on stage. Right back up on stage. Yes. All right. So, uh, first I'm just going to remind you guys who read what and in what order, and then we'll go back and judge. So no, uh, no applause yet. But first, we had Chris Garcia with Neil Young. Then we had Darian Clark with Jurassic Park. Then Danielle Kramer with Charlie Brown. And finally, Jim Hamilton with Jack and Diane slash Tasty Freeze. I think it was about Tasty Freeze as much as it was about Jack and Diane. All right, so uh, vote for your favorite, starting with Chris Garcia. Darian Clark. Danielle Kramer. Jim Hamilton. So, 
uh, either you guys loved everybody or have very little energy. So we're going to do this again for all four of them. This is unprecedented. A four-way tie. Or else you guys are asleep. So uh, really pick the one that was your favorite. We'll be here all night. Starting once again with Chris Garcia and Neil Young. Yeah. Darian Clark, Jurassic Park. Daniel Kramer, Charlie Brown. Jim Hamilton, Jack and Diane. Your round one champion, Jim Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen. Big round for everybody. Thank you guys so much. That was amazing. Well, that does it for round one. Congratulations, Jim Hamilton. To hear round two from this show featuring Chip Pope, Eli Olsberg, Brandon Vaughn, Paul Danke, and Baron Vaughn reading pieces they wrote based upon audience suggestions, download episode 22. August 20th is the next Nerd Melt show in L.A. at 7 p.m. with Mary Lynn Rice Cup and a bunch of other great comics. August 23rd and 24th, I'll be doing stand-up at the High Plains Comedy Fest in Denver. August 26th, doing stand-up in Sioux Falls with Kyle Kinane at Latitude 44. August 27th, competitive erotic fan fiction at The Waiting Room in Omaha with special guest Kyle Kinane. September 1st, competitive erotic fan fiction at Bumbershoot in Seattle. And September 7th at Union Hall in Brooklyn. Details can be found on the Facebook group or by following me on Twitter at Brian Cooking. See you next time. Now leaving Nerdist.com.